there has been a major revitalization of the trade union movement in this country. The bad news is that in order to combat this increase in union organizing, corporations have engaged in an unprecedented level of illegal union busting activities. Oh, man. Republicans are going to be upset about that. Is anything they care about is law and order and the forgotten working man. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. <laughs> I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI and Round Mountains KKRN, up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW, Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, in Rochester, New York on WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites as we blanket planet earth i'm brad friedman your friendly investigative blogger journalist troublemaker muckraker and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com thank you very much for joining us today for another thrilling edition of the bradcast where uh, as the old saying goes politics makes strange bedfellows <laughs> you remember the old the old yarn yes. don't you desi Doyle? yes indeed i do came up on yesterday's show as i recall well we have a a number of strange bedfellow stories to get to today it seems to me quite a few of them in fact uh beginning with another story in which I, as a moderately well-established, well-documented, decades-long opponent of pretty much all of the nation's privatized, computerized voting system vendors, I think that's fair to say, is it not? (laughs) Definitely. You know, or at least a, 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 a critic of their usually crappy, almost always vulnerable and insecure, largely impossible to oversee voting and tabulation systems, I now find myself in this strange bedfellow situation uh, where I am in support of one of those companies, specifically in this case, Dominion Voting Systems, and their $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against the super geniuses at Fox News who have likely done more damage to this nation than, frankly, any company than, that I can think of. Yes, before you say it does, even more than big oil companies. <laughs> But I can understand why. Well, because, you know, those companies, they're just one of Fox's many clients uh, that, uh, you know, have uh, damaged this nation. 
So, uh, yeah, it, it has a long been a strange bedfellows that I find myself in support of Dominion here. And and yes, another voting machine company as well, by the way, named Smartmatic. They also have sued Fox in their case for two point seven billion dollars, because frankly, I understand these systems, how they work or how they don't in many cases. And I can tell you that, yes, Fox and its guests after the 2020 election were simply lying about those systems repeatedly, making it much harder for those of us who actually report on real vulnerabilities and real insecurities in those systems, making it harder for us to do so. Because I got to tell you, there's a lot of folks, a lot of Democrats who do not want to hear about problems with voting systems, no matter how real those problems are right now. Because, oh, that's, uh, you know, that's stop the steal stuff. That's Donald Trump stuff. Anyway, uh, with the news last night that, uh, well, it, it's as if Fox News is not only corrupt as you always knew that they were or should have known that they were if you didn't. But that they are also simply just dumb as dirt over there, as you should have also known that they were. So dumb, in fact, that they had to rely on a so-called brain room at Fox News, apparently. And, and uh, you know, I'm not sure, but I think it's, you know, kind of like the old cloak rooms. But instead of checking your coat in as you enter the building, apparently you just check your brain into it or something. And probably your integrity as well. Because you won't be needing that. You won't be needing that brain. Uh, no brains allowed in the Fox <laughs> News studio or on air, apparently. I think I'm getting that part of the story right. In any event, they have a so-called brain room there at Fox, even as they subsequently ignored their own brain room. According to new evidence that was revealed, or I should say unredacted, this week during a pre-trial hearing in the Dominion Voting Systems case against those super geniuses at Fox News. Ten days after the 2020 election, Fox News' so-called brain room looked into conspiracy theories that Dominion Voting Systems had rigged the presidential election against Donald Trump, as NBC reported last night. The fact-checking and research division of the network came back with a very clear decision. Those claims were false. But... The misinformation went on the air anyway. Why listen to those losers in the brain room? Details of the brain room's fact check at uh, at Fox were revealed on Wednesday in, in newly released slides from a presentation by Dominion, which the company showed at last week's pretrial hearing in its defamation suit against Fox and its parent company, Fox Corp. The slides cite internal communications and testimony. Now, even though we received, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pages of evidence released by Dominion in this lawsuit some weeks ago, Fox News had actually redacted some of this information, including these brain room findings, uh, you know, from what was released several weeks ago for some reason or another. But the judge ordered Tuesday that th this information, this redacted information, this redacted evidence be made public. In other words, the stuff Fox doesn't want you to see. Yeah. So, I mean, as damaging as much of what they allowed to be released as evidence in this case previously, now we get to see 
you know, some of Fox, for whatever reason, some of the stuff that they had asserted was just too damaging to release to the public, including this information that they ignored their own so-called brain room who had found that there was, uh, as, as we were able to report at the time on this show, even without a brain room, that there was zero evidence that the 2020 presidential election had been stolen with Dominion's voting and tabulation systems or anyone else's at the time. One previously redacted communication thread shows Fox uh, Fox Brain Room staffer Leonard Balducci sending fact checks from Dominion and the Associated Press debunking election fraud claims to production staff. Testimony from Fox's own executives underscored the importance of what was coming from the brain room and verifying information that goes on the air at Fox. Quote, if the brain room had concluded that the charges were, in fact, false, they never should have been aired. Correct? Asked a Dominion lawyer to David Clark, Fox News's senior vice president for weekend news and programming in a deposition uh, last October. Yes, Clark replied. That's correct. If the brain room said it uh, was not true, it should not have aired, but it did. Now, Fox has apparently claimed that Dominion has cherry picked the evidence that they are using in this case, though it's based on, again, internal emails, text messages from actual Fox executives and producers and on air, uh, quote unquote, talent, uh, as well as under oath depositions with these folks. They claim they are, Fox does, fighting to protect the First Amendment right to a free press and, quote, we will continue to fiercely advocate for the First Amendment in protecting the role of news organizations to cover the news. That, according to a Fox spokesperson in a statement. Yeah, well, sorry about that, but uh, lying uh, is is it may be protected actually by the First Amendment. You're allowed to lie if you want, but when you are purposely doing so and knowingly packaging those lies and your political activism as if it is news, especially news that threatens to topple American democracy in favor of autocracy, well, no, you know what? I ain't going to get behind you on that one. Sorry about that, Fox. I'm with the voting machine companies here. So, yeah, strange bedfellows indeed. I do realize. A few more details from uh, Dominion's presentation of information that was previously redacted by Fox for some odd reason before it was allowed to be released to the public. In an email to Fox News CEO Suzanne Scott on January 20 of 2021, Fox owner Rupert Murdoch expressed his shock at Trump's insistence that the election was stolen from him. Quote, Trump insisting on the election being stolen and convincing 25% of Americans was a huge disservice to the country. Pretty much a crime. Inevitable, it blew up on January 6th, he wrote. Best we don't mention his name unless essential and certainly don't support him. Well, okay. Why would Fox want to redact its own owner's assertion that what Trump did on January 6th was, quote, a huge disservice to the country and pretty much a crime? I guess it would be uh, bad for ratings if Fox viewers learned that even the owners of Fox News knew that Trump's claims were B.S. And it would underscore Dominion's point 
that they were putting claims to the contrary on air, even though they knew better. Doing so knowingly, which is, you know, part of the defamation test that has to be passed in order for it, the lawsuit to stick. That these lies were told on purpose, that it with actual malice. On December 2 of 2020, Fox News CEO Suzanne Scott sent an email to Mead Cooper, the executive vice president of primetime programming, complaining about a fact check on Trump's voter fraud claims by Fox News anchor Eric Sean. They complained that there was a fact check. Scott said that she was worried that this would alienate viewers. I guess they just they don't need to hear. (laughs) Please don't play facts for our viewers. She wrote literally she wrote, quote, this has to stop now. The audience is furious and we're just feeding them material bad for business. She wrote the email was originally redacted by Fox. It was released, however, publicly on Wednesday. So, yeah, this fact-checking stuff, it must stop. Fox did not want you to know that they opposed fact-checking, apparently, so that was removed. Of course, Fox had its own fact-check on this uh, bit of previously redacted evidence, Uh, an email from Suzanne Scott, because a Fox News spokesperson said on Wednesday that Scott, she was not opposing fact-checking itself. Quote, this is not about fact-checking. The issue at hand is one host calling out another, the spokesperson said, apparently referring to the fact that Eric Sean of Fox fact-checked a guest who had appeared on Hannity's, Sean Hannity's show. So no fair fact-checking stuff that appears on our shows, I guess. Basically, Uh, yes. This has to stop, said the CEO of Fox News. And then, by the way, redact that. Redact the fact that I said fact-checking needs to stop. We don't want to let anyone know. And another email written by also Suzanne Scott slamming a Fox correspondent by the name of Kristen Fisher, who now works at CNN, Uh, for her, quote, dismissive tone in November of 2020 after the presidential contest. The Fox News chief disclosed that the company had lost 25,000 subscriptions from their Fox Nation streaming service. That was redacted for some reason. The uh, messages underscore the panic, apparently, that gripped Fox in the wake of the 2020 election when its viewers rebelled against the channel because they accurately called the election for Joe Biden. Another slide reveals a previously redacted text exchange between host Brett Baer and Fox News president Jay Wallace, in which Baer asks on November 5, so this is two days after Election Day, as Team Trump was beginning to make up all of these fantasies and these false claims and using Fox's air to do it, quote, Bear uh, asked, how is that okay? None of that is true as far as we can tell. Wallace replied back to Brett Bear, quote, we need to fact check this crap. It would help us. Well, I guess... uh, I guess Wallace didn't get the memo literally from Fox News CEO Suzanne Scott because that wasn't written until December 2. But one of the things uh, we'd already learned from this suit, as you may recall, is that Tucker Carlson was furious at Fox at a Fox reporter, remember, who had tweeted out a fact check in response to a Trump tweet, essentially correctly pointing out that Trump was lying and, and Tucker tried to get her fired for that. 
Instead, uh, her her tweet, which was even though it was 100 percent factual, that was deleted by the next morning, according to the Dominion suit, the uh, the day before. So literally the day after Election Day. Fox News host Maria Bartiromo put loony, lying Trump lawyer Sidney Powell on the air in a lengthy interview on election conspiracy theories. And Bartiromo wrote her producer a frenzied email, quote, we have to go full on war. (laughs) They have used all systems to defraud. Bartiromo wrote, the country needs to survive. We have to keep this president. No one thinks anyway that people voted for Biden, she said. So this is the First Amendment news that Fox is trying to protect, I guess. We have to keep this president. That's the news. That's their news anchor. One of their news hosts uh, in in fragmented claims previously redacted. Bartiromo said that the fraud was, quote, sophisticated. Dominion uh, adds, quote, adds thousands of votes. Evidence. Yes, we have, she said, noting there were photos of a man sticking thumb drives in a voting machine. (laughs) Quote, Nancy Pelosi has an interest in it. It's also directed by Soros. Oh, my goodness. I can see why they redacted things, because they come across as just f- flaming idiots. You think? But uh, as as loony, as uh, evidence-free as those claims are, you would think that they would actually help Fox, ironically enough, in that it suggests that at least Bartiromo actually thought that the crap she was putting on her show was actually true. But for some reason, Fox wanted to uh, redact that as well. Along with all the other times that they said, yes, we know this is wrong, but we're going to put it on the air anyway. A November 20, 2020 email from Janine Pirro, from, actually from her executive producer, to Fo- I love this one, to Fox's executives, uh, saying that a pre-taped Pirro monologue, quote, is rife with conspiracy theories and BS and is yet another example why this woman should never be on live television. And that's from her executive producer. Producer. That's not from me. That's from a Fox producer. An internal review confirmed that parts of her monologue were incorrect or unconfirmed, and the network, guess what, aired it anyway. And they also subsequently promoted her to be the co-host of the live panel show called the five so uh one more here uh newly released emails show network producers discussing how putting trump lawyers rudy giuliani and Sidney powell on the air inflated their ratings at the time powell and giuliani and host lou dobbs were promoting debunked conspiracy theories that dominion had rigged the election by flipping millions of votes quote any day with rudy and Sidney is guaranteed gold The producer for Dobbs wrote in another email, another Dobbs producer wrote, quote, to keep this alive, we really need Rudy or Sidney. In any event, Lou Dobbs was largely thrown under the bus almost immediately after the Dominion uh, suit was filed. He was removed from his daily show on Fox Business. I think he's now lying uh, for Newsmax, yes. if I'm remembering I correctly. I believe you are correct about that. Anyway, the trial in this case, it's set for April 17. This evidence and these hearings of late are to allow the judge in the case to, well, decide if the case actually should go to trial at all. Both of the parties are seeking summary judgment. In other words, they're claiming no trial is necessary 
because the facts are so much on their side. Uh, at least on the merits. Uh, Fox wants the suit thrown out entirely by summary judgment. Dominion believes that no trial on the merits of the case, on the facts, is necessary because the facts are so plain. And they're hoping that the judge will find in, uh, on summary judgment in their favor and the only trial necessary will be on the amount of damages that Dominion is entitled to in this uh, in this case. As noted, uh, an attorney that I've, I've been in touch with has claimed that the judge must do exactly that, uh, basically find in favor of Dominion and have a trial only regarding uh, the, the amount of damages. Uh, we will see if that attorney turns out to be right. If so, I'll let you know who that attorney was uh, (laughs) so that they have appropriate credit. In theory, uh, we'll know before April 17. So that's uh, one of the strange bedfellow stories today. Me somehow uh, supporting uh, the voting machine companies. Yeah, but remember, and I've said this before, that it's not that you're supporting the voting mean, mo- voting machine companies themselves. You are supporting facts and truth and truth in reporting, no matter who it is. Correct. And that's, that's the basic foundational value. Yeah, Fox News ought to try it themselves a little <laughs> bit. Anyway, another one other uh, strange bedfellow story uh, today here before we get to a break, one in which I am rooting for... Disney, the ginormous corporation uh, who I would normally not be fighting for or in favor of particularly, given the way that they treat many of their employees. In any event, uh, you know, speaking of the First Amendment, uh, given the horrific treatment that they have received from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is literally weaponizing the state government against Disney because Disney dared to speak out sort of against DeSantis's don't say gay law, which allows the banning of all all conversation of uh, sexual and gender identity in all public schools and in all grades, not just, uh, you know, kindergarten through third grade or whatever it is that DeSantis previously was lying about. So given all of that, it's kind of hard not to take Disney's side in this matter if you actually believe in the First Amendment and free speech. And it's a matter in which Disney uh, seems to have... Well, outfoxed, no pun intended here, (laughs) given the last story, but literally outfoxed the uh, DeSantis authoritarians. So uh, quickly, Walt Disney purchased a huge swath of swampland, basically, in uh, in Florida back in 1965 to build Disney World. As part of the deal two years later, in order to make major improvements to that swampland uh, to build the theme park and resorts, etc., a special district was formed called the Reedy Creek Improvement District that Disney would be allowed to control, essentially. In addition to the standard powers of an incorporated city, including the issuance of tax-free bonds, the district would have immunity from any current or future county or state land use laws. This was all part of the deal. The only areas where the district had to submit to the county and state would be property taxes and elevator inspections for some reason. So the legislation forming the district... And the two cities that were within it, that was signed into law by the Florida governor uh, back in 1967, a guy by the name of Claude Kirk Jr. The Supreme Court of Florida 
then ruled in 1968 that this special district was, in fact, allowed to issue tax-exempt bonds for public projects in the district, uh, despite the sole beneficiary being Walt Disney Productions. Now, you could complain about that special deal they got, but it was a special deal that they got, doing the math quickly here, about 60-something years ago. Yeah, the time to complain about it or change it would have been any time in the last several decades. So Disney essentially has had their own literal kingdom in the Reed Creek, Reedy Creek uh, district ever since then with two cities in it the and the theme parks and the hotels, etc. Then move the clock forward uh, about 60-something years and R- Governor Ron DeSantis comes to office, passes an anti-LGBTQ bill. Disney actually says nothing about it until their employees protested for them not doing so. And so eventually Disney sort of came out against this don't-say-gay bill. And thin-skinned, wannabe authoritarian Ron DeSantis, well, he doesn't like people opposing his policies. So he subsequently ordered his compliant Republican state legislature to pass a new law to take away control from Disney of the Reedy Creek Improvement District. He had the state legislature actually replace Reedy Creek with something something called the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District. He put in a bunch of political apparatchiks on the Oversight District Board. Uh, and I mean, literally weaponizing the state government against Disney against and, a company yeah. against the company. And uh, so he puts in a bunch of his appointees onto the new board. And now, though, that new board is, well, they're crying foul. They're charging that Disney has pulled a fast one on them and has essentially cut them out of any effective power for decades in the future. And yes, I believe they are correct. As the Orlando Sentinel reports this week, Governor Ron DeSantis' hand-picked board overseeing Disney World's government, Disney World's government services, is gearing up for a potential legal battle over a 30-year development agreement that they say effectively renders them powerless to manage the entertainment giant's future growth in Central Florida. <laughs> so uh, here's what happened, apparently. Ahead of the takeover by the state, the Walt Disney Company quietly pushed through a, uh, a pact and restrictive covenants, as Orlando Sentinel reports, that would tie the hands of future board members for decades. This, according to a legal presentation by the district's lawyer, the new district lawyers, I guess, on Wednesday, the previous board, the Reedy Creek Improvement District, controlled by Disney, approved this agreement on February 8th. That would be the day before the Florida House had voted to put the governor in charge. Hmm. Board members held a public meeting that day, but they spent little time discussing this document before they unanimously approved it in a brief meeting. DeSantis had replaced all uh, those all of those Disney allied board members with five Republicans in late February, who then went on to discover the binding agreement that the previous board had approved in public, but nobody noticed. The new board member, Ron Perry, said this essentially makes Disney the government. 
This board loses, for practical purposes, the majority of its ability to do anything beyond maintaining the roads and maintain basic infrastructure. Among other things, a declaration of restrictive covenants spells out that the district is barred from using the Disney name without the corporation's approval or, quote, fanciful characters such as Mickey Mouse. That declaration, apparently, is valid until, quote, 21 years after the death of the last survivor of the descendants of King Charles III, King of England, living as of the date of this declaration, if it is deemed to violate rules against perpetuity, according to the document. So it's either in place for perpetuity or until the last living descendant of King Charles dies. Which, and, if I calculate correctly, yeah. then that would be the youngest daughter of uh, ha- Harry. Harry and Meghan, who is Lilibet, and it's 21 years after Lilibet passes away, right. and she's, I think, only a year old. Right, so Close. we're talking about the next 100 years or so. Oh, my goodness. That's what you get when you uh, try to make a corporation bend the knee for your corrupt and fascistic purposes. Or what happens when you try to mess with the mouse. <laughs> the uh, uh, the uh, development agreement will allow Disney to build projects at the highest density and they'll have the right to sell or assign those development rights to other landowners without the board having any say. The development agreement bars the board from regulating the height of buildings Uh, The previous board also agreed to give Disney vast authority over its own buildings. The agreement states that Disney must review any exterior changes to the district's buildings to ensure consistent theming with Disney World. Disney responds that the previous board did everything in line with Florida law. They did it in a public session. So, oh, well, I'm sure DeSantis will take his lumps and move on. Right. Uh, we're, we're going to have to deal with it and correct it, said the new board member, Brian Ongst Jr. Quote, it's a subversion of the will of the voters. <laughs> the will of the voters? Uh, and he says the legislature and the governor. It completely circumvents the authority of this board to govern. Well, yes, it does. Ongst said he is hopeful, however, that Disney will work with the board and correct the agreement in a quote, very collaborative manner. You don't mind if we totally take you over and replace you, right? You you guys will be very collaborative about that. Oh, I'm sure they will. The uh, board members also approve the hiring of four outside law firms to take this on, citing a need for lawyers that have extensive experience litigating against Fortune 500 companies. One of those firms is a firm named Cooper & Kirk, They've received almost $3 million in legal fees and contracts from the DeSantis administration, that's taxpayer money, to help defend uh, many of DeSantis's culture war laws, to defend uh, his ban on uh, cruise ship COVID-19 vaccine requirements, because, again, Republicans believe in freedom, and DeSantis's restrictions on felons seeking to vote despite the landslide approval from voters for the new constitutional amendment that uh, Ron DeSantis and his uh, state legislature have since worked so hard to undermine. Uh, Speaking of the, you know, the will of the voters, the subversion of the will of the voters. Anyway, Cooper and Kirk's lawyers uh, will bill almost $800 an hour 
And uh, this uh, boutique law firm uh, includes, uh, let's see, former lawyers include Adam Laxalt. He's the guy who ran as a Republican last year for U.S. Senate in Nevada and lost. Apparently, he was a roommate to Ron DeSantis. Mm, There you go. When he was uh, training at the Naval Justice School back in 2005. Also, uh, the firm's alumni include Republicans... Uh, U.S. Senators Ted Cruz of Texas and Tom Cotton of Arkansas. So, yeah, it's those guys. Those guys have been hired to help weaponize the Florida government against Disney, the largest employer in the state, as I recall. Because, you know, I guess Republicans are also anti-business now. Hard to keep track. And here I am pro-Disney now. So strange bedfellows indeed. Uh, More strange bedfellows ahead as Republicans suddenly decide to support one of the so-called wokest corporations in the nation. That's straight ahead. Also, Desi Doyen's latest Green News report with some bona fide good news by the end, (laughs) I think. I promise. I'm Brad Friedman. You're listening to the Bradcast. Five major corporations now control more than 80% of the media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. You can make a difference. Support independent media. Drop by bradblog.com donate. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Okay, no, you you haven't missed this segment of the program. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Apparently, there was a little bit of breaking news there right at the end of that last segment. Just a little history being made. That we are trying to uh, make sense of here. So what we're going to do is, uh, well, we are going to uh, play our latest Green News report while I figure out what the hell is going on. (laughs) It does look, however, like, reportedly, the uh, former president of the United States has now been indicted. So we will uh, try to make sense of that news and come back with what we can figure out right after our latest Green News Report. It's a form of trickle-down fantasy that just will not make life easier for everyday Americans. House Republicans race to pass fossil-fueled energy bill. New studies warn extreme floods and droughts are getting worse due to global warming. Plus, renewables surpass coal for electricity generation in the U.S. for the first time in history. All of that history-making news and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. When you have a cloudy, windless day, you have to have power. This building is powered by natural gas. Well, Mr. Speaker, the gentleman says that this building is powered by natural gas. I think it's probably more accurate to say it's powered by hot air. Oh, snap, Congressman James McGovern of Massachusetts. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyne, sounds like it was a fun day in the U.S. House. (laughs) 
It was entertaining for sure. Uh-huh. But first, a heads up. In the wake of that massive, deadly tornado that destroyed the town of Rolling Fork, Mississippi this week, the National Weather Service is warning of a new series of severe storms and likely tornadoes that will hit the Midwest and South in coming weeks. Mm. So get prepared. Yes, please. But an ominous new study from the Bulletin of the American Meteorological Society projects that the U.S. will see more frequent deadly supercell storms, the largest, most intense storms, as the planet warms. The study finds supercell storms will stay on the ground longer and move eastward to southern states where there are more people, much more poverty, and more vulnerable housing. Sounds like you're describing exactly what hit Rolling Fork. The researchers said exactly that. The tornado that hit Rolling Fork fits the projected pattern. Mm. And by 2100, towns like Rolling Fork could see a supercell storm every year. Mm. A different study has confirmed that, yes, floods and droughts worldwide are getting worse due to burning fossil fuels and other human activities that release greenhouse gases. The researchers found the intensity of extreme drought and rainfall has sharply increased over the past 20 years, with a surge in extreme dryness and wetness starting in 2019, leading to crop failure, infrastructure damage, and humanitarian crises and conflict. They warn the strong link between climate Climate extremes and rising global temperatures means continued global warming will trigger drought and rainstorms that are more frequent, more severe, and last longer. You know, if we just stopped reading all these reports, I'm sure everything would be fine. Hey, but the Republican House majority is working hard to make climate impacts as bad as possible. Speaking of not reading scientific reports... Hill Heat reports that the new energy bill from Republicans is an omnibus of giveaways to extractive industries. It expands and speeds up oil and gas leasing, repeals incentives for electrification, weakens water and air pollution rules, eliminates controls on the export and import of liquefied natural gas, and much more under the guise of lowering energy prices. Democratic Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York slammed the bill, which Democrats are calling the Polluters Over People Act. This is not a problem of supply. It is a problem of greed and abuse of market power. It's almost as if you gave a pen to an oil lobbyist and wrote down everything that they'd want. Much of that was in this bill. We are looking at reducing big oil's royalty rates to the public. I think it wasn't as if they gave a pen to big oil and let them write down whatever they want. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. And now they're racing the clock to try to get it done. We should make clear that this is the U.S. House. No matter what passes here, It ain't going anywhere beyond that. Yes, Republicans know the White House will veto it, but they want to pass it now in order to be able to blame Biden when gas prices routinely rise in the summer (laughs) driving season. As if the prices would come down if they drilled for more oil? It wouldn't. Energy analysts say it is unlikely that the GOP energy package would lower any energy prices. Well, why let facts and stuff stop them? Also, a new poll shows that the vast majority of Americans want the government to address climate change, finding that nearly three quarters of all Americans say it is important for the United States to mitigate the effects of climate change. And that includes 61 percent of Republicans. 
Good news. European Union countries gave final approval this week to a landmark law to ban sales of new internal combustion engine cars by 2035. But that was only after Germany held out for an exemption for cars running on so-called carbon-neutral fuels like hydrogen. Finally, great news for breathers. Electricity generated from renewables has surpassed coal in the United States for the first time ever last year. Really? That's according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Renewable electricity also surpassed nuclear generation in 2022. Wow. Well, that is some good news. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. There's a whole bunch there. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Can you hear the death knell toll for old King Cole? Uh, well, you know, you, you finally had some bona fide good, good news that uh, Cole is now on his way out and uh, has finally been overtaken in the U.S. by renewables. Yeah. And guess what? Ain't nobody going to remember a word of that, well, Desi Doyen. Well, I hope so. Y'all kind of think about that. Remember that good news. If it makes you feel any better, I had some great stuff on unions and Bernie Sanders and yep. the big hearing uh, this uh, past Schultz week. And Starbucks, yeah. violation of labor laws. but That's also going all out the window entirely because, as it turns out, as it's being reported now by a whole bunch of folks, so theoretically it is true. Uh, we'll start with the New York Times here. A Manhattan grand jury has voted to indict Donald J. Trump on Thursday for his role in paying hush money to a porn star, according to four people with knowledge of the matter. A historic development that will shake up the 2024 presidential race and forever mark him as the nation's first former president to face criminal charges. The felony indictment filed under seal by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office will likely be announced in the coming days, reports the Times. By then, prosecutors working for the district attorney, Alvin L. Bragg, will have asked Mr. Trump to surrender and to face arraignment on charges that remain unknown for now. So we don't even know yet what the charges are. His actions uh, surrounding his 2020 electoral defeat are now the focus of a separate federal investigation, as you know, and a Georgia prosecutor is said to be in the final stages of an investigation into Trump's attempts to reverse the election results in that state to, in fact, strong or strong arm state officials into stealing the results on his behalf. Um, Trump has consistently denied all wrongdoing. He's attacked Bragg, who is a Democrat, has accused him of leading a politically motivated prosecution. He has also denied any affair with the porn star Stormy Daniels, who had been looking to sell her story of a tryst with Trump during the 2016 campaign when Donald Trump apparently paid her off to uh, or a actually asked his attorney, Michael Cohen, to pay her off to keep her quiet. The Times notes also that the prosecution's star witness is Michael Cohen, Trump's former fixer, who paid $130,000 to keep Daniels quiet. Cohen has said that Trump directed him to buy Daniels silence and that Trump and his family business, the Trump Organization, helped cover the whole thing up. 
The company's internal records falsely identified the reimbursements as legal expenses, which helped conceal the purpose of the payments. And remember, Michael Cohen went to jail in part for uh, taking part in this conspiracy that uh, at the federal level, now remember, this is a state charge, but at the federal level uh, involved uh, election finance um, campaign finance campaign violations, violations yep. because they d- this was a $130,000, essentially $130,000 donation to the Trump campaign that they did not report as such. And Michael Cohen lied about it. He went to jail. And when he did, when he pleaded guilty, both he and the federal prosecutors during the Trump administration uh, said that, in fact, Donald Trump had directed this conspiracy for which Cohen was charged and went to prison. Although the specific charges remain unknown, the Time note, Times notes, Bragg's prosecutors have zeroed in on that hush money payment and the false records created by Trump's company. A conviction, they note, is not a sure thing. An attempt to combine a charge relating to the false records with an election violation relating to the payment to Daniels would be based on a legal theory that has yet to be evaluated by judges, raising the possibility that a court could throw out or limit the charges. Now, what they mean here is that falsifying your business records is actually a misdemeanor, not a felony. It's a misdemeanor unless it is done in the furtherance of another crime. That bumps up the original crime to a felony. Now, again, at this time, as of airtime, we don't actually know what the charges are. Frankly, we don't even know if he really has been indicted. We only know that a whole bunch of people are saying as much. Well, I will say that I do have an alert from AP that says Donald Trump's lawyer says he has been indicted. The charges in a 2016 alleged hush money scheme marked the first criminal charges against a former U.S. president. So uh, if AP is correct that Donald Trump's lawyer has said said that, that would be confirmation, I suspect. Well, you would never expect a Donald Trump lawyer to lie about anything. Still... (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, I've got that report here, too, from AP. The uh, attorney, the lawyer in question ah, is Joe yes. Takapina. Mm-hmm. I see it now. Um, uh, and the AP says that, that it, both Takapina has confirmed it as well as other people, quote, other people familiar with the matter who were not authorized to discuss sealed criminal charges. AP notes this is likely to galvanize critics of Trump who say that he lied and cheated his way to the top which he did, yep. uh, and embolden supporters of his who feel that the Republican is being unfairly targeted by a Democratic prosecutor. Uh, Trump was expected to surrender to authorities <laughs> next week, according to a person familiar with the matter who was not authorized to discuss a matter that remained under seal. Now, we will see, by the way, if, uh, in fact, he turns himself in uh, to uh, he surrenders to authorities as the AP reports here. Um, Theoretically, he will. Theoretically, he'll make this a, a, you know, a circus. 
Yeah, theoretically, but, it would be to his benefit, and I have always had the impression that he will do his best to turn it into a TV show, kind of like he did his return from the hospital when he had COVID and uh, made that a gigantic TV production. So I could see him doing that. Of course, of course, that we could all see him doing that. As a matter of fact, we probably all will see him doing that. <laughs> uh, the, the, the point I think that I'm getting at here is uh, that he's kind of a coward. And it would not have surprised me. We will see uh, if he decides, you know what? Come and get me, copper. Mm. I'm down here in Florida. Uh, You know, your state charges mean nothing to me down here in Florida. Now, normally, if it was anybody else, of course, if there was charges in New York State, then the officials in Florida would usually work with those uh, officials in New York to arrest and extradite him to New York. In theory, that's what would or should happen if Trump doesn't turn himself in, doesn't agree to fly to New York to turn himself in. Um, Whether at that point Ron DeSantis, who Donald Trump hates or Mm -hmm. pretends to hate because he's running against him for president next year, whether Ron DeSantis would actually do that, uh, nobody knows. I'm sure Ron DeSantis' team is trying to figure out what they're going to do now. Uh, I think everyone, including us, is trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do now. I know that it was about two weeks ago now, I, I think we started the show. This was after the weekend that Trump said, oh, I'm going to be arrested on Tuesday. Right. We told everyone that that was a lie. On the other hand, it did look like he was soon to be indicted. And as I told all of our listeners, I have no idea what happens thereafter. Nobody does. This has never happened before. A president of the United States, a former president of the United States, has never been indicted on criminal charges. Yeah, we're on truly, any charges. We're in truly <laughs> uncharted territory. And and for people, and I know that there were a lot of people who felt like this was not the right charge to bring to Trump, you know, to bring him in on this this sort of misdemeanor and minor sort of, paying off yeah. a porn star, and, and not I th- a big deal. And I think that it's important <laughs> to remember that hey, rule of law requires a prosecutor like Bragg. He is obligated to prosecute when he finds evidence of a crime and not take political considerations into it. And remember also this hush money campaign finance mm-hmm. uh, criminal charge. The, the the hush money came in the 2016 election. So it chronologically, it comes before all of the other investigations that, you know, on uh, mm-hmm. from Georgia and from his time in the White House. So it does make sense that this would be the first one that would unfold in this way. And, you know, also, I got to tell you, as tawdry as it is, yes, it has to do with paying off a porn star to hide an affair that Trump allegedly had with her. Not even an affair. Stormy Daniels doesn't like to call it an affair. Apparently it was a one night stand. It was a tryst. Um, Nonetheless, it helped him to become president. Yes. In 2016, because that information did not come out. And remember, this is a guy who has been yelling and screaming for the past two years about this pretend conspiracy that the FBI, his FBI, by the way, uh, 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 under Donald Trump, prevented Twitter from talking about some scandal that has to do with Joe Biden's son and the laptop. And because of that, that amounted to stealing the election for Joe Biden. Now, it is all actually stuff and nonsense. No, the FBI did not censor Twitter, uh, was not uh, did not pay off 
Twitter. All of that stuff was stuff and nonsense. But Trump, by his own standards, had said, well, that amounts to stealing an election. Meanwhile, you have an actual thing that actually could have prevented Donald Trump's election back in 2016 when he won by a very small amount that he actually did pay money to prevent from happening in order to become president of the United States in 2016. So I actually do think it is uh, not a small thing whether um, the charges will hold up, uh, you know, whether he'll be uh, convicted on this. I have no idea because we don't even know what the actual charges are. Right. Not point. yet. Not yet. But the seal has been broken <laughs> on this particular historic event. Now, I do have in some theory. Yes, yeah. In theory. Go ahead. Well, it, it, it yeah. In theory. So um, <laughs> some quick commentary, yes. uh, some quick response. Okay. Stormy Daniels. Remember, she's the porn star at the center of this case against Trump. One now, of the porn stars in question. Uh, There's also right. Karen McDougal, not a porn star, but, but a, a playboy an adult model. Adult yeah. model. Yes. Anyway, so uh, Stormy Daniels, uh, the New York Times notes, did yep. not testify before the grand jury that voted to indict him, but she will be available if called at trial. And that's according to her lawyer, Clark Brewster, who uh, tweeted that the indictment of Mr. Trump is, quote, no cause for joy. Um, his full statement is, quote, the indictment of Donald Trump is no cause for joy. The hard work and consci- conscientiousness of the grand jurors must be respected. Now let truth and justice prevail. No one is above the law. And one more comment, this from, remember, the Central Park Five, they were exonerated years yes. after tr- uh, Trump had put a full-page ad in the Calling New York Times. Calling for them to be killed, even though, as it turns out, they didn't do it. And by the way, Donald Trump still stands by that. He still wants them to be killed, though they've been fully exonerated. Yes, yes so um, this is also New York Times. Yusuf Salam, who was exonerated in the infamous mm-hmm. Central Park jogger case years after Trump took out a full-page newspaper ad calling for them to get the death penalty. Yusuf Yusalam issued a one-word statement, quote, karma. <laughs> well, there you go. And just to, uh, before we get out here, just to pre-butt some uh, lies that Donald Trump will be telling. As a matter of fact, I see... Um, is this uh, AP, I think, sort of refers to this uh, this claim that uh, previous prosecutors had ref- uh, 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 declined to bring an indictment on this matter. That's a uh, half true at best. Uh, the previous uh, prosecutor in New York, Cy Vance, was focused more on Donald Trump's bank tax and insurance fraud. His investigation never completed. It was then taken over by Alvin Bragg, who has apparently decided to indict him on these uh, hush money payments. As for the federal government, the Department of Justice deciding against prosecuting Trump on these uh, on these matters. Well, they were ordered by Donald Trump's own uh, attorney general. Corrupt Attorney General. Correct. Bill Barr to not bring charges on this matter. That, according to the U.S. attorney who headed up the Southern District of New York's U.S. attorney's office in his own book, who said that he was muscled into dropping this case. So it is not as if the DOJ, oh, they looked at this. Other prosecutors, they looked at this. They decided there was nothing there. So they dropped it, as Trump has been claiming and as some in the media have uh, gone along with. Last thing before we get out here, New York Times is reporting this is what will happen when Trump is arrested. He will be fingerprinted. 
He will be photographed. He may even be handcuffed. And the former president of the United States will be read the standard Miranda warning. He will be told that he has the right to remain silent. (laughs) Good luck with that. And the right to an attorney. Uh, These are among the routine steps of felony arrest processing in New York. And this is... What in all likelihood will happen next for Donald J. Trump, according to The Times, accommodations, however, may be made for him, may be made for him. While it's standard for defendants arrested on felony charges to be handcuffed, it's unclear whether an exception will be made for the former president because of his status. Most defendants have their hands cuffed behind their back. Uh, and are, you know, sort of walked on that famous perp walk. Trump will almost certainly be accompanied at every step of the process from the moment he's taken into custody until his appearance before a judge in lower Manhattan, um, accompanied by armed agents of the Secret Service who are required by law to protect him at all times. So this is going to make some interesting logistical choices for the folks that have to process all of this at the Manhattan District Attorney's Office and at the courthouse and the jail. Uh, And hopefully all of this stuff is stuff that Alvin Bragg, the uh, Manhattan District Attorney, has already thought through. Uh, based on, <laughs> you know, uh, you could see this stuff uh, coming coming up coming up Broadway, as it were. Yeah. Uh, In advance. So hopefully he has thought all of this through, because, as I've said, I don't even understand how you put a president in a holding cell uh, while he's being processed, a former president, while the I guess the Secret Service remain outside that holding cell. What if he goes to jail? Uh, Do the Secret Service have to go to jail with him? We're going to find out, I guess, one way or the other. Perhaps on the next thrilling edition of the Bradcast, <laughs> as we told you this would be. We just had no idea how thrilling it might be. Okay. Well, uh, well we will uh, be back at some point in the future to uh, maybe talk about this some more. You think? I don't know. We'll see. Until then, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and my thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It is always greatly appreciated if you missed any portion of today's program, as I did. Uh, You can uh, download at least some of it at bradblog.com for free. You can find me on the Facebooks, Twitters, and Mastodons at TheBradBlog. You can also drop me an email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. We will see you there until we see you here next time. I'm Brad Friedman, and I mean it. Good luck, world. listening to the Bradcast. We are 100% listener supported thanks to listeners like you who stop by bradblog.com/donate.